Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Story Guide Podcast. I am your host today, Adam Bush, one of the co-founders of the Story Guide. Got a great episode for you today. We're going to jump right into it. I'm really excited. Been working on this one for a while. Got an interview today with my pal, Brian Mann. Uh, Brian is the creative director at Ecclesia, a church down in the heart of Houston. They are doing some really cool stuff down there, and Brian's got a background in composing. He's an amazing cinematographer and director and just great creative leader. And I'm really excited to share this interview with you with him. <laughs> In this interview, we talk about their church, how their team is structured, and then uh, just some components that they live by when it comes to storytelling and teamwork. So without further ado, I think that's how I always start these. Let's get into my interview with Brian Mann. Yeah, well, so Ecclesia is a church right in the middle of downtown Houston, and um, it's been here for about 20 years, and it's a it's a younger church. Uh, it's lots of creatives and musicians and artists, and uh, Houston's becoming kind of a foodie city, so mm. lots of culinary artists as well, a lot of chefs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is awesome. Uh, we actually run a restaurant out of the church, um, oh. so it's open seven days a week, so there's people uh, around here all the time. So it's kind of like a little sort of urban community center during the week. Uh, and then we have services all through the weekend. Um, so um, we self-identify as Houston's missional. Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. <laughs> That's to wrap the brand here. Uh, Houston's holistic missional Christian community. I think I got all the words in there. And so it's a lot of words, but basically what it means <clears throat> is that we embody um, what it means to be a holistic missional community in the city of Houston. Uh, so there's a lot of work that we do specifically for the city, uh, a lot of uh, missional outreach. Um, our big story two years ago was Hurricane Harvey. that yeah. just sort of swept the whole place off its feet. And so uh, we were super involved in helping a lot of people muck out their houses. I think we mucked out like 1,800 houses in Houston, oh, wow. um, helped a few hundred folks re- totally rebuild not just us, we had a ton of uh, folks that came in and sort of, you know, locked arms with us and helped us like get that done. But it's a very outward facing uh, church that's just right in the middle uh, of Houston. So so we have our downtown campus, which is sort of our main campus, and then also a campus on the west side uh, of Houston as well. So that's, that's yeah. pretty rare. That's pretty rare to have like a thriving church like in the heart of the city, like especially yeah. a big city like Houston, right? I mean, like typically you're located where families are. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's funny. And, you know, so plenty of our folks hold sort of, you know, Houston's sprawling. So uh, we have staff and um, people from our church that will, you know, drive half an hour or an hour um, to be part of the church. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this it's um, it, it is a little bit unusual. There are other churches downtown for sure. Uh, but I, this was this one's always been sort of on point to be this is a church for the city in the city, um, yeah. And uh, I think that's just that really informs a lot of the kind of ministry uh, that that we want to do. We do a lot of our ministry what we call kind of around the table. So you know, hospitality is super important to us. Good food and wine is super important to us. <clears throat> and we kind of we feel like the way we embody this, uh, ministry. Uh, and particularly mission is not to go and reach people, but to invite people um, to share a meal with us. And so that's always been something that we just, 
we see that in our culture and certainly we see that in Houston, um, that a lot of great conversations happen and life giving conversations happen around a table. And so that's something that we just want to have always been tried, uh, try to be open and just be a place where people always feel a sense of hospitality and a sense of welcome, uh, in one of the busiest parts of the city, which is downtown Houston. Yeah. So talk to me about how you guys, like what, what is the video team's role in supporting this really amazing vision? Well, we've got, um, we've got three guys on our team, uh, currently. So I'm the creative director here. Uh, and then we've got two other guys who are on our, um, story and film team. And so, um, like I was telling you before, we do quite a bit of international work, a lot of on locations, uh, sermon shooting, uh, just got back from Colombia and, uh, we were shooting some refugee ministry there. We were in Mexico City the week before, um, shooting a sermon there. Uh, our guys were in, uh, Israel a couple months ago shooting some Easter content. So we kind of, we, we have a senior pastor who loves to travel and he loves to take our church sort of wherever it is that he's in the world. And yeah. so um, that has required that we have um, a lot of video support that's able to sort of pick up and go uh, with not a whole bunch of notice. So um, so I kind of operate as sort of the director of that whole <laughs> operation from a kind of from a story and a production point of view. Um, I have about 15, 20 years of um, mostly film. I started off as a, as a film musician, actually, as a composer, um, but okay. lots of experience kind of, you know, putting these things together pretty quickly. And then uh, the two other guys that work on our team um, are, you know, pretty seasoned filmmakers as well. They've worked in churches, they've done client-based work. And so a lot of times, um, because we're a pretty close-knit team, a lot of times, you know, I'll take the lead on something or, you know, one of our other guys will take the lead and we'll kind of play a more supporting role. Um, yeah. And we've tried to do it that way. First of all, so any one of us could actually, you know, be the kind of lead director, um, producer, <clears throat> excuse me, on any one of these trips. Um, and that's kind of the goal as well is, is to be fully independent, but to also be able to kind of, if we have the whole team on a trip, um, like if all three of us are going to travel, if we're going to leave our wives and kids at home, um, that we're really sort of investing all that creative brain power uh, into something that's that's going to be kind of larger than life. Um, and it's great to have a team because you can share a lot of those thought processes because, I mean, you know, this storytelling, like so much of it is, is mental, right? It's kind of, yeah. you know, what are we stepping into? How are we going to frame this up? Um, and so I think that having a team that you can even just, you know, it's not so much like, Hey, you edit this, you shoot it, you light it. It's much more like, you know, can we pull aside for a second and just have a 15 minute, like, what, what are we really trying to accomplish today? You yeah. Know what I mean, if we get to the end of today and we've done X, Y, and Z, like today was a win. And yeah. that's so hard to do if you're like a one man, you know, producer, editor, everything you know, shredded her <laughs> you know what I mean? just yeah. kind of doing the whole doing the whole thing you can do it but uh when you mix in jet lag and you know dealing with airlines and lost bags and internet i was just it's, it's really tough so i think because we do so much hey by the way we're going to <laughs> palestine or whatever uh it helps to have to be able to sort of share that load and so yeah. my goal as a director has always been you know, to train people that who could really sort of go and do this by themselves if they needed to. 
But when our whole team is together, uh, we're really sort of leaning on, you know, hey, you're sort of the expert in post, you're the expert in lighting, you're the expert in story development. You know, let's 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 lean on each other in terms of our areas of strength and expertise, uh, and see if we can really capture something that's going to land. And do you feel like you like is is that specifically the three like um, areas that you guys each individually thrive in? I th- I think that yeah again each one of us can do any role, but yeah. I think that and I I like kind of switching it up too because I think it it keeps you sharp. Um, yeah. Sometimes what can happen is you just you 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 kind of <clears throat> gravitate toward your favorite part of the process right because there's so many steps can't skip any of them but a lot of times people just sort of gravitate towards well I like shooting and I like working with light and I love lenses and I love you know kind of creating that magical shot and so I'm yeah. just going to sort of park and spend 75% of my you know time kind of focusing on that and if you're in a larger church you can do that um, to me I think it helps anybody in any part of the process to understand the big picture and so every once yeah. in a while, if you're thrown in the driver's seat, of it's like, okay, what's going to make this a really great story? Or what's going to, you know, what are we after here? Or, you know, what kinds of things do we need to think about? What sort of questions do we need to start leading with um, to yeah. really get at the essence of this thing? I think it just keeps us all in the big picture. So I tend to be the more story development, big picture kind of guy. Um, and then we have another guy on our uh, team who's done a ton of shooting, who's, you know, really kind of our go-to DP. Um, but we throw him in the editor's chair quite a bit too, just so, you know, he can see kind of both sides of that. And he learns as an editor, you know what I mean? How to, how to do better. Uh, and then we also, uh, our other guy is is really, really kind of quick with post. Um, he's actually, he's actually doing post (laughs) in the other room as I speak. Um, and so he's he's the guy that like if we need to jam it out really quick, he's our go-to. Um, but we're throwing him more into sh- and he's a he's a great shooter too. Um, yeah. But that's where he kind of um, wants to grow. So I think the real role of a team is not only like hey let's knock this out and make it great, um, but let's you know you don't always get to do this as a team, right? Yeah. And so what is it about being in a team environment that you can sort of um, grow and learn because filmmaking and storytelling is very much a team, uh, a team sport. And there's a lot, even as a big picture guy, and I'm sitting there kind of thinking through this whole process night and day, even in my sleep, because that happens when you've got a problem to solve, like your brain just goes and goes. And yet there's things that I would have never thought of in a million years if we hadn't like gone off board and said like, you know, it'd be great is what if we try to, what if we got into the story this way, you know? And so, I think like one of the things when I coach storytellers, you know, one of the biggest kind of descriptors of like, what is a storyteller? One of the biggest things I've kind of realized is a storyteller is someone who notices people and notices things, right? They just have, it's like a photographer walking into a room. You just, someone sees how light, you know, where it's coming from and how it falls. And storytellers have this way of sort of, you know, picking up on things or seeing how a face looks or seeing, you know, how a story sounds and what in that story is going to really pop and sort of relate to people. And so to me, the advantage of the team is not just, Hey, this is your role. This is your role. Let's get it done. Sometimes you have to be that way, but more often it's like, it's great to have another set of ears, another set of eyes 
yeah. and somebody to like soundboard some of the the ideas, especially when you're working quick. So is it's uh, a work in progress. What, That's how we would do it though. One uh, one of the big things I'm hearing from you is just clarity of vision. Mm-hmm. Are you in a position to where you're getting a lot of vision from your pastor on the project? Um, <laughs> in in my current position, yes. In uh, it's the vision comes in kind of bits and pieces. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, not only noticing the story is important, but also noticing the person that you're working for um, is pretty essential, especially in church-based work. So I work yeah. for a senior pastor. And so just as I kind of have to learn <laughs> the subject of a story, I kind of have to learn his instincts and what he says or what he means when he says this, that, or the other. And, you know, I've been in a bunch of different church-based roles over the years. And in every single one, there's this kind of discernment process of like, how does this place function? What is this place yeah. all about? You know what I mean? And yeah. so, you know, I, I would say he, you know, it's, it's not there's it's never a packaged vision it's just sort mm-hmm. of like hey i'm thinking about this and i'm wondering if this is gonna you know and it, it's almost like after you work with someone a, a number of years you start to pick up on it's like being married right like yeah. you don't even have to finish sentences before you kind of like yeah then we're not gonna right. do that or you know this is a good yeah. idea and so i think just a lot of it is is um i feel like i have a good sense of the vision of the church yeah, and now that I'm in sort of more of a leading, deciding role, get to kind of implement. I, now that's not always the case when you're a storyteller. Sometimes you're just yeah. handed a project and you're like, "Hey, you know, feel free to knock this out of the park in 48 hours, and we'll see you on Sunday." Yeah, um, and so that's that's sometimes what it is. But um, even in those kind of roles, and even in those cases when people don't have a lot of, you know, they don't have a lot of hands-on with shaping the vision. Uh, I think it's still important to be able to answer the fundamental question when you're handed a project or where you're starting a project of like, why is this a good story to tell? And even if you have to go make it happen, if you can somehow settle that in your own mind when you're looking at it or listening to it or kind of feeling out the, the, the idea, it's like, what's going to, what is it that's going to be a meaningful connection uh, with an audience? And so, I think just over years of doing it, I've just had to kind of develop a quick like assessment <laughs> for myself to say, you know, I'm not sure this is a great story. I need to sort of go and hear more or go learn more or talk this out or whatever. Um, yeah. th- at, at the point in which I feel like, oh, that's the part of this story that people are going to resonate with, then that informs my entire process because all of the other details and camera work and editing techniques and what that's all in service of the story but as a storyteller my role is like okay but why is this great what do we lead with why why is this going to land with people uh and sort of be meaningful to them so So a long answer to your question but no that's awesome you are doing something that i don't think a lot of people do and that is you are taking time to understand the why in a season where it feels like you should be putting together your gear list or, or location scouting, because you're, cause those moments are very under, like you're kind of under the gun. Yeah, always. So, and, and it, there's this, um, so it's interesting, like I told you I started as a composer. Um, I was going to go be the next John Williams. 
and then turned out like John Williams already <laughs> already was working. But I went to yeah. I, I moved to Hollywood and uh, I went I went to uh, to USC Music School and uh, got a film music degree and you know did that for a while. Worked with a lot of the directors that were at the uh, film school there uh, and actually got to work on some larger movies. But I noticed the same tension that we're talking about with composers as well of like, okay, I need to write a theme that's going to like be memorable, but then I have to write like an hour's worth of score. You know what I mean? And so yeah. do I kind of rush through the theme like process and then like start developing and writing for the orchestra and doing all this stuff? Or do I, you know, do I camp out and make sure that my themes are really, 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 really solid? And yeah. it's interesting you know, speaking of John Williams, like he he takes so much time writing these things, and he's brilliant too. But like he he doesn't skimp on the process of like I need to really come up with something that's going to be you know, serves the film, but also is going to be memorable. And I really took that into the storytelling process of you know if we rush past the hey what's going to be great about the story, it's going to just be another piece of content. You know yeah. what I mean? It'll we'll get it done it'll look good. And, you know, but in terms of really like people being, I don't know, sort of impacted by it, which is to me, the whole point of storytelling to begin with, it's just going to kind of skip off the surface. Um, if we just, if we don't really tangle with, Hey, what's, what, you know, what's the thing that we're after here? So, yeah. And it doesn't always work great, but I mean, to me, it's just like, if we can't answer why this is a great story to tell, we'll do a good job of a story that we might not really be fully engaged with. And then why would we expect our audience to be moved by that? You know what that's I mean? Really good. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, man, that's really good. Uh, talk to me a little bit, you know, you were, you were, you were talking about the importance of working with a team and, and, mm-hmm. and the angle to look at your team with, you know, one of the things, in fact, the, the way that you and I got connected is you have, you you started a um a church storytellers group on Facebook that's pretty large. I mean, there's like how many people are on the group now? We got a couple thousand folks. Um I I don't know how many churches it is, but I would guess probably maybe fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred churches. Um, mostly in the States, but we're getting a few more now who are doing the same kind of work from the UK and from Latin America, from Europe. So but yeah, about two thousand folks on our group. Yeah, and what, why why started? Just for fun, or did you have a real purpose? I think <laughs> a little bit of both. Um, yeah. I had, you know, I've done this, like I said, you know, in a variety of different, you know, settings. I've done a lot of, you know, client-based work. I've done a lot of shooting for organizations like Compassion and, you know, people who are working internationally and done a lot of church work. And to me, it felt like there was an opportunity to start talking about this thing that we're doing. You know what I mean? Um, Because the word story and the word storyteller has become like so (laughs) popular that it's become almost overused and risked losing meaning. So to me, it's just like there's really great production resources. There's really great, you know, masterclasses out there. But you know, for church-based storytelling, which didn't really, unless you're a huge church doing broadcast, yeah. hasn't really existed until like the last, I don't know, maybe 10, 20 years. Um, is there a place where we're talking about what that is and what it should be and what you sort of need to think about when you do this the next time? And, you know, it's it's such hard work. <laughs> 
and yeah. it's so kind of mentally exhausting. And, you know, if you're in a church, you're not likely in a place where people appreciate, you know, how much time and effort and, you know, creative imagination it does, it takes to make something that, you know, you're proud of. And so to, you know, to us, I had done this, you know, alone for a lot of years, like I imagine a lot of people in churches do, and just yeah. felt like if we could provide some sort of support or community or, you know, just be there to a place where people could post their work, ask questions. Yeah. You know, hey, should I do this mic or this mic? You know, I need to, I need to buy this before my budget runs out or, you know, Hey, I just got handed this thing. You know, what do I do? Or I think this edit's there, but I'm sick of looking at it. Can I get another, you know, can I get yeah. another set of eyes to sort of let us know to, to, to us that felt like that could be, you know, helpful. And so yeah. we didn't have a real, you know, strategy for that. We just thought like, hey, let's <laughs> let's invite all the people we know in Houston uh, onto Facebook, and then it just kind of sort of grew from there. Uh, team, a team is so important to you, and getting feedback and and uh, being able to bounce ideas and thoughts uh, yeah. back and forth on each other. Um, before we, I, I like to wrap these up by talking about resources. Um, mm-hmm. But before we get to that, talk to me about. Um, well, basically like this, like, let's say I'm a guy who's very passionate about this kind of work, but I'm, I'm a one man show. Mm-hmm. How can I try to achieve some of the same things that you are getting from a team in the environment that I'm in? You know, I think having, uh, even just one other person, you know, even if they're not in it with you, even if they're not a you know video person, uh, but somebody just sort of that you trust to kind of talk out some of your ideas. Um, you know, for some people that might even be your spouse or it could be, you know, the person that you're direct reporting to. I think the, you know, technology has brought a lot of really great things. It's put everything in the filmmaking process like right on our laptop, which is great. But I think the danger of that is that we kind of take it on ourselves to be like, okay, I've got to get this thing done and it's all up to me. And I think that's the, the age we're living in is like we're, further isolating from people and there are other people in your life, whether they're production people or whatever, um, who you can sit and soundboard those ideas off because all of us respond to story. All of us think story all the time. And so I think sometimes it's just, even if you don't have a team around you or a big staff, uh, it's just reaching out to somebody that you trust that can kind of get a sense of like, here's what I want to see happen. And I don't know how to get there, but here's my beginning of an idea. What do you think? You know, and if you can engage in a helpful conversation with someone you trust there, you've kind of got a production team already because every production process starts with a thought process. So if you don't have production people around you, then get someone who like is just, you know, understands what you're after uh, and start to just kind of workshop your idea. Man, that's so good. Let's let's sit on this for just a minute, a minute, a minute. Uh, every production process starts with a thought process. Expand on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, um, like I was listening uh, to a friend of mine who's uh, on the team at uh, Pixar. I know you had a guest from uh, Pixar. Uh, yeah, podcast. yeah, Matthew Lawrence. So they, yeah, so that, that process is so interesting. So, you know, this buddy of mine who's a producer there says, you know, on almost all the films that he's worked on, he's worked on, you know, tons of them since the 90s. Um, that they take an entire year to develop their stories. And so, you know, previously, like when you watch cartoons, like when you watch Disney, you didn't have these like emotionally developed characters and stories that, 
people would just respond to. Like, that's why everyone cries at the first 10 minutes of up because it's just like, yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, but that takes time. Um, and I think that the fact that they're willing to take an entire year to like nail the story and nail the characters, um, is that that's their thought process. You know, um, Ira Glass, who, you know, is the host of this American life kind of says the same thing. Like we spend 70% of our resources on finding and figuring out stories and only yeah. 30% on putting them together. And yeah. so I think what that tells me is like all of the, all of the editing and the post and the color grading and the stuff that usually us as production guys really like, um, we might be good at those things, but those things are all on service of the story. So if you don't have a sense of like where we're headed with this thing, then the whole thing is going to kind of be a drag. And so yeah. by the time you get to those things you love, like music and color and everything else, um, you're still not 100% sure what it is you're doing. If you can figure out a clear thought process um, even when a story is handed to you, a lot of those other sort of creative details towards the end are going to make a lot more sense because it, again, it's all helping the story yeah. point in the right direction. Does that make sense? So, um, yeah. if you nail that thought process, then the production process is a lot more clear because it's like, well, this is what we're trying to accomplish and this is the, feeling and this is the sort of the big hook of the story that's going to engage people and so then yeah. you can start to make creative decisions that really not only they're they're not just there because they need to be they really lift the story and really elevate it um and i think that's true of any production if you think about a theater show or a feature-length film or even a song you know a songwriter has to think about like what do i want an audience to feel when i hear this lyric and that yeah. helps them with the instrumentation and the production, all that sort of stuff. So um, it doesn't seem um, efficient or smart to camp out in the process and the thought, you know, context and all that sort of the build up to it because it feels like you should be, you know, <laughs> out shooting it. Um, but if you'll take a little bit of time and get really intentional at the beginning, um, usually that pays off um, towards the end of the process. Give us some resources. I know you have your own um, that you've written, but some resources on storytelling and, and things that'll that'll help us out that are inspiring you. Um, yeah, so there's a book uh, that I wrote with our team a couple of years ago uh, called Tell More Stories. That's available. It's just a free ebook. TellMoreStories.co. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, there's the uh, the Facebook group uh, Church Storytellers. Um, man, I think. Um, I'm going to blank on his name. Aaron Sorkin's masterclass on screenwriting is really, oh, yeah. really, really, really good. Yeah. That's, he talks that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great uh, resource. He talks a lot about uh, intent and obstacle that if you don't yeah. have a character who wants something and something standing in their way, like if you don't yeah. have that, you don't have a story. That's and good. yeah. So it's just, that's, it's in, like, that's, even that insight was just like, oh my gosh. And so like we just we yeah. throw that on every process now. Um so that's a great one. I really like uh Alex Bloomberg. Uh he did a um I think it's on Creative Live. He did a um a series of teachings on the power of storytelling and audio. And yeah. uh podcasting okay. is something that yeah. we started doing and uh yeah. he he did a really, really great one on that. Um I love what you guys are putting together too. I think it's it's super uh, it's super helpful. Uh, I've always appreciated that about you guys with, you know, from Church on the Move and the Seeds Conference and how you learn something and then articulate it really clearly. And then here's here's how you do this. You know what I mean? So I think you guys are um, 
probably the best, I would say, sort of church-based storyteller resource uh, that I've ever come across. So that's why we, oh, man. that's why we put you on our, uh, on our page all the time. Cause it's such good stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate that. That's awesome. Well, Hey, uh, thanks for taking time to be on the podcast. I'm sure I'll have you back on and we'll talk about more things. Um, uh, love talking to people, especially here in the trenches and who are really passionate about storytelling. Right on, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening to uh, our interview with Brian Mann. Hey, if you are interested in the Story Guide, you can check it out at thestoryguide.com where we have resources, we have blogs, we've got this podcast, links to other episodes, and you can check out a trailer for our online masterclass style workshop, The Story Guide, where we take you from A to Z in producing a story. Hey, if you have any questions, then uh, email us at info at thestoryguide.com. Love you. Happy storytelling.